This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. Well, you're talking about a totally different case, the immunity. I say this, on immunity, very simple, if a president of the United States does not have immunity, he'll be totally ineffective because he won't be able to do anything because it will mean he'll be prosecuted, strongly prosecuted perhaps, uh, as soon as he leaves office by his, by the opposing party. So, Amanda, you're an Air Force Academy grad. You're a veteran. We're both veterans served during a time of conflict. What is your gut reaction when you hear the former president make an argument like this, that immunity should basically be all-encompassing for anything a president decides to do while in office? I mean, this is the commander in chief. You started off talking about how we're veterans. This is the commander of our Department of Defense, of our military members. I do not see why he should be held to some very different standard as the people he is leading. Generally, we don't like that. And this is the argument I honestly heard people make about uh, Claudine gay that you know if you're going to be leading an institution and where you're dealing with some instances of potential plagiarism right you should be held to at least the same standard right this is completely holding presidents to a standard of even at the level of murder is okay it's outlandish right and it's pretty clear to anyone who has even a basic grasp of of the UCMJ or or military law or the law period, that those charged with carrying out these kinds of orders, especially extrajudicial killings, they wouldn't be immune. The president, or his legal team at least, is claiming that specific immunity for the president himself, uh, and, and regardless of the illegality of those orders and the burden that those carrying them out have to carry, the president would be immune but the only one who'd be immune. I mean, that's a good point. So he wants immunity for himself. In that same argument, he is not asking for immunity. Oh, and also for the people that I would be directing to do these bad things. I just need it for myself. I Nowhere in my brain do I actually think about other people and that other people might also need the same thing, carrying out the orders I gave them. Uh, but it's completely about him, which, I mean, we already know. It always is. The hypothetical that the D.C. Circuit judge presented to Trump's legal team. First of all, it was a brilliant piece of legal maneuvering. The trap was set and sprung. And now we all know what they really think. The, the, the hypothetical was, can the president, while in office, order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival and claim immunity? And the reply wasn't a simple yes. It was a qualified yes, uh, 
because the the legal team said Congress would have to act first and impeach and the Senate would have to convict. And then the legal system could adjudicate the criminality of of that order. That that seems a pretty convoluted way to apply the rule of law. And I think it is 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 tantamount to saying the president is above the rule of law. Oh, the mental gymnastics you have to do to come at that conclusion is just mind boggling. And I mean, to see this party who once often talked about the rule of law, I mean, I don't watch Fox News that often, but I don't know if they're still talking about that a lot. But like, clearly, they're not the party of the rule of law. But even that, like, they're touted as like the conservative Christian party. And as we were talking about, like, this is clearly on the kind of thou not thou shalt not kill side of like just murdering someone because you don't like them. And like, I mean, at, at some point, like, man, if I were Nikki Haley right now, I'd be a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I would be a little nervous if I were her. Well, that's the other part of it, Amanda. It's the complete lack of moral courage within the Republican Party, especially the, the Republicans running for president and their total inability to call out these kinds of outrageous comments, these outrageous legal arguments. There is just no spine left, it seems, to to call out the former president when he clearly crosses a line. No, there's no spine to call it out. But I mean, I think they have completely ceded that they are going to really try to make any logical argument for their policies or their positions. And like, I don't know, maybe if, you know, someone disagrees with them, they just kill him, right? Because they're not going to actually try. They don't have a logical argument for their policies or position. They might just kill him. And like, this is kind of, you know, the party now, this is, this is what we do, right? We just attack someone, maybe the attacks get as far as killing them. I mean, this is just outlandish stuff that you think happens like in our minds, at least as Americans, it, this is you know not something that happens here. This is something that would happen in like a developing country that is unstable and having some kind of civil war. Like this is the kind of you know things that you would talk about in that scenario, and to have it be talked about here is really scary for our democracy. Thanks for watching, everyone. I am trying something new: a Patreon page. It's a way you can support the show and make sure we can keep bringing you this content. My hope is that we can continue to limit the amount of ads we run here and that we can also build a community around this effort to fight back against extremists and their enablers. Subscribers to the Patreon page will have access to exclusive and ad-free content and also early releases. Please consider helping us out. Go to patreon.com slash Ken Harbaugh or click on the link below. We're just getting started with this, so your support early on will make a huge difference in building real momentum. Thanks so much for helping out. The most charitable interpretation of Trump's legal team's argument is that they think a political process should play out first, the impeachment process, and then the legal process should follow. But the follow-on question that the D.C. Circuit didn't ask, which I would love an answer to, is if adjudication in the in the courts depends upon an impeachment happening first. What happens if the president forestalls an impeachment by, say, assassinating those who might vote against him? I mean, it is such 
a, a hollow argument when you take it to its logical extreme. Uh, I really wish I had heard the legal team's answer to that hypothetical. SEAL Team 6 assassinates a political rival. Impeachment process gets underway. The president orders the intimidation of those who might vote to impeach. And according to the legal team, at least how it answered the uh, the first question, there's no recourse. An impeachment has to happen in order for the the rule of law to apply. And I just, I, I don't know where these lawyers came from, but uh, I, I, I just don't get it. I, I mean, I will admit, I'm not a lawyer, but it really sounds like they're trying to lay the legal framework for a dictatorship. Like, this is how you establish a dictatorship. You kill off your opponents and anyone who disagrees with you, and suddenly you have the support of everyone. How ironic that it can happen that way, which we have seen throughout history. That is how dictatorships happen. They are cutting away at our democracy bit by bit, and it looks like they're starting to lay down the bricks to build a dictatorship for right now, Trump, or maybe whoever comes after him. Yeah. One of the bits of pushback that that I think is a little better thought out, but not completely, is, is the faith people put in the institution of the military. And you've probably heard the argument that those in uniform aren't going to carry out this kind of order. They are trained to, to disobey illegal or unconstitutional orders. But if, if the fate of our democracy rests on captains or, or lieutenants disobeying the president, I don't think that's a sign of a, of a healthy system. And in any case, we have seen the president suggest that he would pardon people who did violate the law or the constitution as long as they were doing it for him. He talked about pardoning people who, uh, who, who shot migrants. I, I just don't think we can rest the future of democracy on the backs of those, uh, in this case, SEAL Team 6 members who have to decide between carrying out uh, an order um, of, of their commander in chief or not. I mean, I remember learning about the Milai massacre and right. We learned very clearly like what a lawful order is, when to carry it out. But in learning about it, you also learn about the instances where unlawful orders were carried out. Right. So even though in theory we should not be carrying out unlawful orders, like there's also a, you know, what if, you know, you do the mental gymnastics to think it's a lawful order or what if you have the person who ignores that and does the unlawful order, right? It is a huge risk you are putting in the hands of potentially just a few people, of putting our entire country's democracy in their hands and hoping for the best. You had the benefit of going to the the U.S. Air Force Academy. I am glad that you had to study the Constitution and what made for a lawful or unlawful order. I didn't have that. I was an add water and stir officer, went through 13 weeks of OCS, Officer Candidate School. We didn't study the Constitution there. At boot camp, it is not a focus of study. So this idea that your frontline soldier receiving that order is is going to be able to fairly carry the burden of deciding whether it's constitutional or not is totally unreasonable. I mean, that is a very good point that I don't even know if I thought about completely, but 
one thing that was very, that really stuck with me is right. I rose my right hand and swore to defend the constitution. Right. And they made it very clear. You better know what that constitution says. Right. And honestly, I think everybody should, I think every education out there, high school to college, right, we should have a very clear understanding of what that constitution is and what that flag is and what we are preparing to defend. And I really find it ironic of this kind of patriotism that we can see on the right where they don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's not true patriotism, right? When they are completely abandoning what our constitution says and our democracy and the fabric of this country, that's not patriotism that I see on the other side. And when we think about trying to chip away at it by saying presidents can become you know, closer to dictators by just offing their opponents, right? This is chipping away at our country, at our democracy, at our constitution. Well, we've got to leave it there, Amanda, but I, I couldn't agree more with you that we need a better understanding of the Constitution throughout society, not just in the military, but everywhere, and especially in the Republican Party. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Ken.